The key isn't winning or losing, it's making the attempt. I may never be what I ought to be, want to be, but how will I know unless I try? An animal knows what it is and accepts it. A man may know what he is, but he questions. He dreams, he strives, changes, grows. Wolverine by Chris Claremont and Mark Miller. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast, Bub, is the one, the only. I'm the best there is at what I do, and what I do best is podcasting. Travis Rats here. <laughs> Travis Rats and I are bringing you the Comic Exposure Podcast, where we dive deep, deeply into comic books, and we are in the midst, almost the tail end, I should say, not in the midst. We're not in the middle anymore, Travis. We're near the, the tail end of the, the Marvelous book? Summer. The last book of Marvelous Summer we are reading on this very episode, Chris Claremont and Frank Miller's Wolverine. I don't know if there's a specific. I don't think it is. I just think it's called Wolverine. Wolverine. It's just Wolverine. It's a four issue miniseries run where Claremont and Miller, two titans at what they do at that, you know, early on in, in Miller's sort of art career, cranking out this Wolverine story. And we are joined by normally a Batman guest, but we decided we can't well, get enough of Dr. Dan. This is Batman a fan. Claremont Miller repeat for our guest. It is. It is because we brought Dan on to talk Daredevil by Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. And now he's back, baby. I think Claremont, I think Claremont wrote on that Frank Miller one, too. You think he, he might, did? He yeah, might. I'm pretty I don't sure know. he did. Yeah, I don't know. God yeah, damn it, I'm going to have to... <laughs> welcome, Dan, but now i got to do research. Hold on, go ahead. <laughs> Dan, uh, no, welcome I, to the podcast, buddy. Yeah, it's a pleasure every time I enjoyed the read. I think Dan I think Dan is the most on the podcast. I think he has the green jacket or gold jacket. What color oh, is the jacket we give those guests? Uh, we it is figure- a lime green. Uh, it's like kind of the golf jacket, but we make it a little funkier. Yeah, it has uh it has like uh the inside of it is uh decoupaged comic book pages on the inside of the uh of the blazer. <laughs> that would be dope. <laughs> we do gotta send we do gotta send Dan a shirt and I got a new shirt design coming down, which I think is gonna be the tits. So maybe it, we should wait for him to uh to I wear the, to I wear my comedy exposure t shirts often. I have an ASU colored one and I have the one in the photo. And I wear that yeah, one. I uh, we gave away we gave away a T-shirt on one of our last episodes, and I saw it on Twitter. Our pal Friggins was rocking uh, our uh, comic book kaiju T-shirt, so it's out there. It's live. It's raw. It's in the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, guys, we are near the tail end of our marvelous summer, talking about uh, comic books, and we decided to save Wolverine. Tentpole, baby. I, it's a tentpole. When, yeah, when I think of Marvel, if you don't think of our short, cigar-smoking, hairy-armed, 
Bub saying Wolverine. Who do you think of, right? Like, I like to consider myself the hairless metrosexual dressing Wolverine of podcasting. I think you are correct. Look, if they're if we're bringing, yeah, if we're if we're bringing the Marvel, if we're bringing X Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Travis, I think you've got a chance. Hey, you've got a chance. You're growing out that facial hair. That's right. So if you it's if fashy. you could just do if you could just do a little Wolverine sideburn with it, buddy. I need to get those. Right. I need to get those cool yeah, devil yeah, spikes up here. Yeah. So yeah. I have a gentleman. I have a question for you about this. The hair spikes. Before we get into it, are those they? They're not inside when he has the hood on, right? Those go down. Or are I think they he stuffs? In- I think he stuffs. You think he stuffs? I them? think it stuffs. I think he stuffs. You I think, think he stuffs him? I think he has to stuff him. It's like a hat. It's hat hair. I, I don't think the hair Oh, you, know, you think it's hat helmet. hair? I think it's hat hair. I think the reason his hair is like that when he's Logan is because he's been, his hair just gets sweaty and it gets stuffed up there and it gets salty. He might put a little okay. sea salt in that bad boy too and give it that nice volume. And so it's like a permanent cow lick from his cow. <gasps> is, he, okay. is it a I cow know. lick? It is a cowl lick. I think you're. I think that's a t-shirt there. Wolverine has a cowl lick, and it just do the little hair. That's that. it, folks. I'm out. <laughs> Joke of the day. Uh, so here's what here's what I want to get into before we start talking about the book itself. This 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 book, uh, Chris Claremont and Frank Miller's Wolverine, four issues. Seeing our uh, our our titular hero travel back to Japan to deal with his past. What I want to ask, gentlemen, again, is, just like me, guys, I am right? the Metro, I am the Wolverine. I'm saying podcast. you are in Japan right now, <laughs> traveling back to you are in Japan, dealing with your past, overcoming your history as a young man growing up in Japan as a yeah. foreigner, a gaijin, if you will. Wow. And today wow. you are, yeah, man, yeah. Just <laughs> let that settle in. So, Dan, I want to ask you. Where does Wolverine sit in your pantheon of superheroes? Where does Wolverine rank for you? What do you think of him as a character? Did you think he was cool, but he's not Batman? What's your What's your take on our man Wolverine? I I have a long history with him because when I when I read comics in sixth through ninth grade in in Denver, my buddy had this series, and by then it was already a collector's thing, and he was proud of him. And I remember these covers on his wall and me always sitting there staring. And I remember my buddy telling me, in fact, I'm going to invite him to listen to this podcast. Uh, He, the Adam, how do you say the metal in his adamantium? Yeah. He would explain his powers and it could always heal. And that he was, uh, I remember (laughs) bub and angry and uh, the cigar. And I've always liked, I like that he's Canadian. I like that he's short. I've always liked Wolverine. I identify right. with that a little bit. Here's my question for you. And I'm going to go on a tangent really quick before I ask you this, Travis. How come there are so many different important metals in uh, Marvel, in Marvel lore? Ooh, that's a good question. W- like, why isn't he filled with vibranium? Or, you know what I mean? Like, why, why in this world are there two very precious indestructible metals? It seems like an overabundance, if you ask me. We don't have either in our world. Why do they have two? Because you have to have, I'm a guffin. Bring, I get you, it. you have to have the. You always have to the top the 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 metal. Yeah, that's right. What, how it's can the you, most it's, metal. It's more metal. It's most most metal. What's the most metal? That's I guess that's my question. I don't know because I'm not that big of a nerd. Is vibranium or adamantium more strong? Which one is a, uh, so Captain America's shield is vibranium? Correct. Vibranium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So we'd have to go back in the comic book lore and decide, has Wolverine's claws ever pierced Steve Rogers' shield? I think so. I think so. Or at least slashed it a little bit. Yeah. Well, there a we go. Little, there we a go. little sticky, sticky schnaw. Yeah. Uh, Travis, same question, my man. Where is your, uh, what's, what's your Wolverine connection? Where do you put him in your pantheon of superheroes? I'm going to, to I'm going to okay good good and then I have a, a follow up general question as well after you answer yours I got a good one you just slid in okay. there and just took that first question I was like what where to go and it went so quickly it went so quick so fast <laughs> um yeah uh, Wolverine to me is uh it's he's he's a, the key figure he was he was a character where i talked a couple episodes ago when gambit was my x-men that i that i really uh took under my wing that i really responded to but i think it was only because wolverine was so popular that i, I he couldn't be my favorite well it was too it wasn't punk rock enough yeah right? it, it was gambit yeah. Your punk rock choice yeah wolverine was too mainstream wolverine was Soundgarden. yeah and uh gambit was like uh the was mud honey and you were like looks you're like super muff super fuzz muff tone that's yeah. my album I yeah it was sonic yeah. youth yeah gambit was my yeah, sonic yeah. youth uh no uh, I, gambit was just <laughs> <laughs> yes no that's exactly it i'm glad um, you figured that out and so yeah so that that was the and, okay case. if that's not a t-shirt if that's not a t-shirt gambit's my sonic youth <laughs> i don't know you're so niche <laughs> your t-shirts are so niche <laughs> um yeah so i think uh if i had to be honest with my 12 year old self i would say i got probably uh, the stories of Wolverine were just generally better. Uh, I, I, I especially I would buy the the solo Wolverine title. It was next to Uncanny X Men and X Men. It was that Wolverine was my favorite uh, X Men adjacent title. Uh, I love a good solo uh, Wolverine uh, st uh, story, and I think uh, one of the things that really does it for me is Wolverine has such great villains. Wolverine ha is like he's like you know we talk about how Batman has all the good villains. You know, uh, yeah. I think Wolverine on the Marvel side might be the hero who has the most interesting villains uh, and I, the most I, varied. I think the fun thing, and this is my connection between Frank Miller's uh, Frank Miller on this and on on his uh, doing uh, Daredevil. Like, look, Wolverine against a giant amount of ninjas. Mwah, always good yeah. right like he's the one uh, character yeah. he's like the one character you can believably go like oh just throw a bunch of ninjas at him it he, works he kills you, you can't do that with cyclops yeah right he doesn't like, kill he's a boy scout it, it doesn't track but like there's something exciting about like we we talked about this we did our pitch off the last time this idea of like uh the siege right mm -hmm. like who's your if who's your marvel character you put through the siege yeah it's wolverine yeah. Right. Like that's that's the dude who makes it through the gauntlet. Uh, and, and, and to answer my own question, uh, I think Wolverine is probably one of those characters in the Marvel Universe. It's one of those top ranked ones. Right. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I often separate the X-Men part of Marvel and, and the rest of Marvel from each other. Um, but I think bridge. I think Wolverine is that great that great character who has a super fun and maybe fun's not the right word, but you get to play with his backstory so much. Mm -hmm. Because it's so mysterious and, and steeped in all of this other stuff, you know, like you get to play with that. Talked about this. You've got Weapon X. You've got 
sort of the lone cowboy Wolverine. You've got, you know, X-Men Wolverine. You, you know, you've got the Logan part. Yeah, you've got each of these facets that you get to take Wolverine and do this, this sort of like, well, what kind of story do I want to tell with him? For story I want. I mean, this is a is a a Shogun Ronin story with Wolverine. Uh, and you, we've talked about it. You can you could throw him into a western. You could take him and you could put him sci-fi with weapon that Weapon X piece of it. You can you can take this character and dump him into any one of those, and he's a really good cipher for each of those genres if you wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. Excellent. What's your question, Travis? Well, mine kind of leads off that. We we kind of touched on it. We I, so it sounds like we all are Wolverine fans. So my question to you is, what is it about the character of Wolverine that makes him so appealing? And I, maybe we can cobble together some, we'll probably have some overlap, but what do you think it is about the character that makes him so enduring to people? Uh, Dan, what, 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 what do you think? Let's have you start this off. What, what do you I, think, I often think of, I often think of Marvel heroes as reluctant heroes, right? That DC characters run to the problem, and, and in Marvel characters, characters, the problem runs to them. And I think of the cover three in this story where Wolverine's morose. And because he's got so many different backstories, he's sad. And at the same time, he's like super flawed. And the fact that he kills, and then I think it's it's the it's the claws, man. The claws are dope. <laughs> Yeah, and like, yeah, I, there's yeah, an excellent yeah. use of claws in this series. Claws, claws are dope. That's the other shirt. Yeah, claws are dope. <laughs> <laughs> they are. There is a great scene in this one. I don't want to ruin it because I don't know what the other questions will be. But there is a great killing scene with the the claws in this. Oh yeah, and it was understated too. For also, sure. why Vega is the best Street Fighter? Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, <laughs> which is just Wolverine. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think uh, to answer that question, Travis, I, I think for me, it is that idea that he's an anti-hero, but he's not the worst anti-hero, right? Like he's not the sort of like spawn over the top anti-hero went to hell. And that's why I'm an anti-hero. And he's not the punisher, relentless massacring people, anti-hero he's not the you know like he still has that he's the anti-hero but he still has that soft side he's gonna do the right thing but he's angry about it you know what i mean like Mm. i think that's the he seems sort of the most human of the Mm x-men yeah i see you know yeah yeah. i i feel feel like one it's it's badass quality right he's got bones you can't break he can heal himself and he's got freaking claws right so that's the badass element right and he's a tough guy and you're like oh yeah there's blah 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 but he also like cares about people you can see that in an x-men in that relationship with gene gray that he's never gonna get right and maybe that's it too maybe it's like the constant letdown of, of girls in high school and in junior high and in you know like oh i feel you wolverine Jean Grey turned me down too, right? Like I lost my Jean Grey as well. So like, I get it. 
You know, and maybe that's that connection. What do, what do you think makes him that that superhero? I agree with all those things, uh, the things that you said and the things that Dan said. And when I, so I read this twice, once beginning of Marvel Summer and then recently read through it again. The second read, I, I kind of read it with a certain lens. Dan and I talk a lot about this on the phone. We talk a lot about manhood and what it means to be a man, especially in today in 2020. Um, and I think that Wolverine as a character is this great exploration of what it means. He's a very masculine character. And I love the fact that they make him ugly. Uh, they make him short. They make him ugly. Uh, he is uh, the Kurosawa slash spaghetti western combo. So you take these yeah. ultra-masculine genres and you put it in one character. He's a cowboy, but he's also a ronin. And you have that spaghetti western. And he's a, he's a man who's constantly trying to improve himself uh, and it's that it's that it's that striving to improve himself that keeps him from becoming an animal. I think we see this in this book. Um, and so I love I read it the second time with this kind of look as uh, a as the character of Logan through a masculine lens. And so I'm sure I'll probably bring that up a couple of times uh, throughout this discussion about I, I've been really writing a lot of stuff about. Uh, American masculinity this summer and kind of exploring that idea and and especially now in 2020 uh you know what's allowed what's not allowed what defines a man what doesn't define a man as far as uh how we should behave in society and uh and how we should commune with others uh and so that was really interesting reading it through the, that lens very uh, English teacher of you. I feel that as the government guy, you and Dan are going to be able to have a much different conversation. Than, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, he I, is hyper-masculine, right? Like, and Claremont does that. He, he's pulling the ladies left and right. And then I love how he avenges the bear. Yeah. Right? I feel I feel like we, we talked about this a little bit when we read Blade that – no matter who the character is in this sort of era of comic books, like the seventies and, and, and early eighties, like they were always pulling babes, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah. that's like you had your love interest, but then like every other woman threw themselves at you, a very 007 sort of yeah. James Bond thing. Like there's just the machismo and the musk that must roll off of, uh, of, of Wolverine. Oh God, that Wolverine smells so good. Yeah, I got that Wolverine <laughs> musk. That's my, that's the next t-shirt. I feel musk. like he smells like burnt chest hair and cedar. And yeah. whiskey and cigarettes. Yeah. Smoke. yeah. 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 That, they, need, they need to make a Wolverine candle where it's just like uh, the, the old, <laughs> old man Logan candle. Uh, yes, I think let's pitch it so, to uh, Yankee. The uh, the story basically takes place like this. It, it, it is a kind of uh, Wolverine is pulled back into Japan. He has taken a sabbatical from the X-Men, and we all know that's when the best Wolverine stories happen. He goes back to the J Japan, a place where he spent time in, in before, and he goes back there and he discovers that an old flame, Ma uh, Mariko, um, has recently been married off. Her father, who sh we had previously died or we thought was dead had come back and out of obligation she marries one of his business partners all right so being heartbroken and defeated and humiliated by um shingen 
uh, the, uh, Mariko's father, Wolverine is kind of in this desolate state, and that's when this other uh, female character, uh, Yukio, who is this badass assassin, comes in, and they uh, they do a lot of uh, adventures and kind of mild crimes together, and uh, like you do when you're getting to know a woman. Yeah, exactly. Have- it's the most romantic way to meet meet a woman. Uh, I always right. that's my Tinder move. Is I minor after crimes? About, uh, yeah, I say, <laughs> I say, would you like to go out for some coffee and some minor? crimes swipe, swipe uh, right for minor crimes swipe right for my that's not bad <laughs> if, if that's not if that's not a book title or an album title that's man. definitely some douchebags blog title <laughs> swipe right for minor crimes might be my like, a, title, like a tucker wow. like a tucker max <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah and so uh and so uh in uh, obviously, uh, Wolverine and has to go back and uh, defend his honor, and sword battles ensue, and blah 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 blah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to all of that. And what we get is this very. If you were to like, so I think of we got Logan right? The movie Logan, which is essentially kind of an old man Logan tale, right? I think if you were to do an X-Men movie, if like, let's say you were going to do the franchise again, because it's going to happen. Yeah. This is an excellent standalone. This could be adapted wonderfully for a standalone Wolverine story. Well, they did adapt a lot of it for the the Wolverine, the second Wolverine movie. Yeah, I never watched that one. Oh, it starts off. It starts off with the bear scene. Oh, there we go. And so speaking of that, Dan, you were just talking about that. Let's talk about because this is this is a very <laughs> iconic start to a book. This bear scene. What did you think about uh, about Wolverine? Uh, you think he's tracking down like a human or something like that? It's a bear. There's a great fight, and then you realize that there's a twist to it. I I did. That's one of the few Wolverine movies I've seen. I don't remember the scene now because I, I was waiting for the Silver Samurai to poke out in this book. Ah, uh, right. yes, because that oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, I remember the Silver Samurai in that Wolverine. Maybe I'm getting my movies confused no, it's, now. It's, it starts off with the bear hunt and the poison okay. tip arrow. Yeah. All right. Uh, I loved it. And I was sad when he killed the bear. I was like, Wolverine just killed the bear. And uh, and then I like that he tracked that, the guy down and the guy cracks the bottle on his head. Because it's not a Wolverine story if he's not in a bar. Yeah. It typically with a bar fight somewhere in there. Yeah. And I, I do I, I do love that line. They're like the bear lasted longer, but I let the man live. Like uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's such a that is I'm like, what was it was that written by Frank Miller? Did like Claremont go, Hey, how do you want to write this one? Uh, I think a lot is. I you think so? funny you should say that because reading it, I kept imagining what lines Josh would read. And there was a few lines that when we did Daredevil, when you read it out loud, I realized like the poetic license Miller took. Oh, and yeah. I, I feel like I think there's Frank Miller in the writing. There's a lot of it, I, I believe. Certainly in the uh, uh, emotional climax in the Rock Garden, the over narration just screams Miller to me. Right. I like I wonder if like Claremont's name is on this because Claremont was Claremont. Yeah. And I and like now today in a book today, they'll be like uh, paced by what I can't remember the word they use. Like if you're not the writer, but you're writing it. Story, story by or yeah. Uh, yeah. Or so they give you some other credit in it. I feel yeah. like 
this feels very scripted by Claremont, but written by Miller. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, there is some very, look, every Miller book you read has some of the same themes in it, the same sort of issues in it, the same imagery in it. Uh, that's what he does. And he does it very well. It's what he does best. Uh, right. And his stories are always, his stories are always like this hyper masculine character who is beaten and who overcomes. Right. right. Like we saw it in daredevil. We see it in, in, in Batman when he does uh dark Knight returns, we see, you know, like it wasn't an operating, you know, this, it wasn't, what is it? What's the line? It's not a, it's not a, it's an uh, oper- not a mud hole. It's an operating, it's an table, operating table, table. Right. Yeah, like all those lines are are you can see that this is early Miller, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's getting it out. He's he's finding himself in it. Uh man, it was fun. What I, it, I, it suffers, it suffers from some stuff. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. if you were to if you were to modernize it, if this were written 5 years later, I think it would be a I think it would flow a lot better, but it's still a good book, man. What, it's do you, a good book. what do you guys think about uh let's talk about I mean this huge setting of of Japan of taking this this uh Wolverine who was previously at this point 1982 very little was known about him so it, he was kind of you know this enigma and and fans have complained about showing too much of Wolverine's past and what that <laughs> does for the character but by taking him this this cow up till then this cowboy character and and really I think it's been done a little bit before but putting him in Japan did that work for you? What did you like best about that? What do you think, Dan? I always, I always loved it in the eighties when I was fifteen, or nineties, and, and whatnot. When I was a kid, I always wondered: is that why his hair is the way it is? Like some weird uh, foreign element that I didn't understand. Asian Wolverine's always been my favorite, and then I, I, I am guilty of thinking they have overdeveloped his origin. In fact. I was going to ask you guys, is this his first origin story? It's not an origin story, I guess, but like, is this it's his like first a, it's time a background story? tale, right? Yeah. Like you, you learn he had this whole other life with his buddy who he would die for. And we used to get in trouble, man. And I, I love that part of it too. It, I feel like they've Marvel. Remember the one book about 10, 15 years ago, it was just his claw and it was origin. That caused a big splash then too, and then there was Origin Two, so it's like the guy, and then that's not even—I don't know if that's Weapon X. He's got like more origins than I could shake a stick at, from what I can tell. Right. Yes. To answer your question, I this is my favorite Logan is when he's in Japan. That was why I went and saw that movie. I th- I think tra- Travis to that point too. What Dan's saying is. We just talked about this with Gambit. The reason that these characters work solo because they're often in like X, like Wolverine is an X-Men character who's always in team books. The only way you can tell his, his solo story believably is to pull him away from the X-Men. Right. And put him in a position where he says, don't come and help me. I've got to do this by myself. The same reason, the same way we saw Gambit had to go and go by himself, you know, aside from Rogue coming with him. But he had to go deal with something by himself. Uh, and that is, that's that same thing we see here. It's like, you're you're only able to tell that solo story when you remove him from his support mm-hmm. system. Right. Because 
this wouldn't – I think that's part of the – that's part of the problem we see sometimes with superhero comics. And that's why I think because there's always someone who's more powerful. And so you're like, why doesn't he just call so-and-so and they could, they just take care of all this. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that run on uh, the run on green lantern or not green, green arrow that I read. Why does it work so well? Because there's no other DC character in it. He's by himself and he gets to deal with something and all of the problems match his level of ability right and so we're seeing that here he's not fighting mojo or sentinels or these larger than life things he's battling something close to home something grounded and i think that is what makes it i think that that's why this story or stories like this work so well for wolverine is you pull him out of that team element and he gets to kind of you get to see him shine in whatever way you want to put it, you know? Right. No, I actually absolutely agree with that. And I think in addition to that, specifically Japan, what Japan offers as an environment is a code, a code of ethics and a code of honor. And that seems to be a big thing with the character of Wolverine. And I don't know how much of that was instilled in the character beforehand, but it is the Clint Eastwood, right? It's the gunslinger with a code of honor and and putting him back into a society that has that strict code, the Bushido code that he seems to respect, that Logan seems to respect and seems to have. I like how he has to navigate the waters of respect and culture in this book because it is in Japan, as opposed to if he was in New York City uh, or if he was in the Wild West or, you know, put him anywhere else. But Japan, with that strict code, it's, it's constantly he's butting up against that and has to play within those rules. And I thought that was so interesting. He, here's my question for you, Travis, as someone who is currently residing in Japan and has lived in Japan for numerous years. Does, do you think that where you live right now, is that a, what about that setting aside like that? What about that strict code makes, do you see that in your daily life as, as someone who lives in Absolutely. Japan? And why is it good fodder for a story? What is it about that that makes, I mean, because we can look and both it's the imagery of it too, because you look at movies like Blade Runner and you look at like why movies that take that sort of Japan and they move it across the globe. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Why do you think that that's such a. Well, I think that to answer your question, it's, it's a really kind of complex question, but, uh, you know, the American story, the American hero is all about internal, what's different about me that I can use to solve the situation, right? What is, what is individual about my personality that I can use to, to A, B, and C in Japan? It's, it's not about being the individual. It's for the good of the community. It's for the good of the clan. It's for the good of every, the, the, the family. And so it's not about, um, finding your tools internally to solve a problem. It's about navigating the external waters, the codes, right? So yeah. you can have all the tricks up, you, all those Western tricks up your sleeve that you want, uh, but it's not going to do you any good when navigating a culture that's all uh, that has in everything from business to family to um, uh, just... Uh, Every everyday behavior, there is a code and there are traditions and there are boundaries everywhere. And if yeah. you do not navigate those correctly, then you will never be able to reach your goal. 
And in the United States, I, I would take that up. I've been thinking a lot about how the United States is just so bad at the pandemic and it's, we're just so individualized, right? And I think we see in Japanese culture that which we secretly reject and long for at the same time. Like in, in the United States, if you follow too many rules, you're seen as a root, yeah. right? You're not punk rock enough. You're not an individual. You're too much of a conformist versus when I watch Japanese culture from a baseball game to this comic, it's like a certain amount of conformity is honorable and expected, mm. right? And I see that, and Logan has this real hard time of, I'm always, I always like it when he has to go into the woods, and maybe because I identify with that, but he has to go figure out who he is by himself. Sometimes he's good and hurt, and sometimes he needs to be alone. And it's that, it's that dichotomy of the two cultures, I see, to take what you were saying. Yeah. I see that a lot, because I'm fascinated. I think a lot of Americans are like me, and we're fascinated by Japanese culture. Yeah, I think because I think it is the exact opposite of American culture in a lot of ways. Everything that has made uh, America great and successful is on this ex extreme side of the scale, and everything that has made Japan successful is on the exact opposite extreme side of the, of, of the scale. So they're successful in different ways, but because they're on both extremes. Uh, it makes traveling from one place to the other, whether you're an American going to Japan or Japan going to the American, it makes it so foreign, not just in the environment, but also in the interactions. And I think that this this book does a good job, especially in the 80s with all the xenophobia of Japan. This, that, this that's book what, came that's out in a think, huge time. That's why I think we see this in in a lot of uh, American culture in the in the 80s is because of the sort of advancement of japan at that time right when you've mm -hmm. got the, the the giant economy economic growth in japan at the same time that the american economy is kind of you know taking a shit and so you've got this japanese takeover happening you, you can see it in in die hard why mm -hmm. is it nakatomi plaza sure. why are they why you know why are they in japan japan why, you know, like, were the the russians of the 80s you know they, right. they were the, they were the uh Taliban of the 80s, you know, it was seen as sleek and modern and electronics. I, I think about like Sony products in the right. 80s. I think about how Tokyo is presented in this book. Tokyo's like super like hip and cool and colorful and on the on the on the incline. Here and, yeah. there is this uh line that I thought was one of the best lines to describe the um uh um what Tokyo is like the way, the way he says it here, I'm just pulling it up. Um, uh, it's something about the atmosphere. The of atmosphere the soup. soup. Yeah. Yeah. He's the out soup. of the atmospheric soup that passes for Tokyo's air. I catch her scent. Uh, and I cannot think of someone who's captured that feeling, the atmospheric soup. Cause it's the strange sounds. It's the noises. It's the smells of sewer and, and, ja and uh, interesting foreign Japanese, smells but it's not the atmospheric soup describes everything it's the visual it's the hearing it's it's all the senses and that's really what tokyo is this weird atmospheric soup and i was like damn i go that's miller dude that ain't claremont that's not claremont this whole piece but i am a tiger through the street sounds i hear her out of the atmospheric soup that passes for tokyo's air i catch her scent in light and darkness i see her that is so miller mm-hmm how is that not 
Frank Miller. Yeah. And I guess like I could have read a, a, a document somewhere that probably says, hell yeah, Frank Miller wrote most of this. I'm sure, sure there's an interview about it. But guys, I'm not going to do that much research. No. Uh, <laughs> hot takes. We, do only, we only do hot takes on this show. <laughs> hot takes on this show. That's all we have. Uh, the hottest oh, we are the atmospheric soup of podcasts. That's right. That's right. We do minimal, minimal background digging because this is it's about the experience. It's I have about, a lot of old X-Men. I have these uh, Barnes and oh, Noble about these yeah. series and the Jean Grey series and yeah. then the giant size X-Men when they reintroduced. Yeah. I, I think I should probably reread these again to see it. I think we've read enough. Well, I, we've Claremont's read a, a little more melodramatic. Claremont's yeah, a little yeah. more We've read it. And it loses that machismo poetry that he's got throughout this yeah. thing. He's definitely helping with the pens. With the letter, I mean, with the words. Yeah. So I want to ask you guys. I so let's let's get into the idea of like, and I think we've all kind of talked about it that this is a good setting. It's a good place for Wolverine. What did you think of the overall story? Did you enjoy it? Did you wish it did something different? How did you feel about it, Travis? How did you feel about the story? Uh, okay. Yeah. I I liked the story. Uh, the it, it's fine. You know, there is no big. Like baddie that we know, like you know, Shingen yeah. is kind of like the kingpin, Yakuza kingpin, kingpin of uh, of Japan. Um, so you don't have that big reveal where like, oh, it's Omega Red comes in, or the Silver yeah. Samurai, or uh, Bloodscream. Um, but I kind of like that; it works with it. We always talk about liking street level stories, and this is a street level story just told in Japan. It's very much like. Uh, Miller's run on Daredevil with that that kind of thing, minus the cameo appearances that had to be in that run. Yeah. Um, so the this is the story is it's an internal the the conflict is very much internal for all the characters and there's less external wham bam thank you man and uh, that on a first read can sometimes um, throw you off a little bit, but I think stories like this. Um, beckon a rereads more than an external conflict does dan yeah yeah i think you're right dan i i liked this story i it made me um i've grown we've covered a lot of frank miller and in that time particularly with dark knight 3 we didn't cover that one but i read it i've grown to think frank miller is a little overrated i send you guys some of his drawings sometimes right and um Dark Knight, Year One, those are those will be in my heart forever. But I've kind of grown tired of them. This made me realize why I used to love them. I, the drawing I thought was you, what I wanted to talk to you guys about in, is I think he helped out on the writing. Did someone help him out on the pencils? I don't know how this is the same artist that I follow today. This is this is early Frank Miller is in that early Marvel style, man. Yeah, you know, like you can same see thing. when um, we do the drawings, you can see on her lips the future Frank Miller will become the rough edge Wonder Woman, right? And, and the female form. When we also saw that when we read Daredevil, right? That you you can see Frank Miller in bits and pieces of it, but he gets away from he gets more stylized the same way when you go back travis and i went and and did a uh mike mignola um mm. a, a mignola dc book he did cosmic odyssey for dc which is 
it was all it was new god it was a new god's uh uh justice league sort of crossover and it you can you can just barely see bits and pieces of what he'll do before he before he gets overly style and, and I don't say or overly in a bad way but before he gets super stylized and I think the same thing happens with Miller he moves from this stylized and really you've got inkers on this right and so uh, those those guys inking these books like yeah. Colin Johnson inking early uh, Miller he's doing half of the half of the art on it you know? yeah um, I can see that and filling out those pieces so it's less rough yeah he he inked him on daredevil too johnson yeah yeah what what did you think of this story josh uh you know what i thought i think that this is this is one of those stories where like this is a stuff i like to do with superheroes i like taking superheroes there's like two ways i like to see it it's the most extreme ridiculous story and we've put them battling like giant robot gorillas or you put him in a very low street level crime fighting personal story. Right. And so I like a story like this. I really enjoyed it. I think Travis is right. It's, it's one of those stories where the story is less about the big event and less about the battle and more about like, what is he discovering about himself? What are you learning about the character? And that might take more than one read, um, but I also think like it's a book that suffers from being a very early eighties Marvel book, right? <laughs> like it suffers from, and I don't, I don't want to shit on parts of the book, but I mean, we could talk about every single, uh, and I like, and it gets tiresome and it's only four issues. Every single issue starts with the same introduction. Okay. We, have to, we have to tell you who Wolverine is. We have to tell you what his powers are. And we have to tell you, can we- I, Something yeah, like can, that. can we talk about? I noticed that you, this was sold in serial form, yeah, as a mini series, right? And it yeah. was not supposed to be an ongoing series, and yet at the same time, you can tell they're selling newsstand copies because they got good. It's exposition, yeah, yeah. crazy amount of exposition in this story. Yeah, because those right. gro- those grocery stores they didn't they weren't guaranteed yeah. the next sequence right. of, was, of the month. It, it's funny, Josh, because I took that as a term of endearment of this is a different era. Like they haven't conditioned their reader or their audience. They're trying to get wherever you might get one and you might get three. But who says you get issue number two? Right. And I think like that's why I, that's why I'm saying like you put this book out five years later. Yeah. And it's and it's a different book it's you tell the same story, but you're missing those pieces. And that's that it's that, that Stanley, every book is someone's first comic book, mm-hmm. right? It's so less, gotta, it's less so here than it would be on oh, an ongoing series though. Yeah. Yes. Um, because I don't have to say everybody's name 40 times, but I'm going to start off the book. I'm Wolverine. Here's what you should know about me. This is what I can do. And really it's like a page, right? right. So it's not like it's, it's not overly done, but this is the stuff today. If you were to see this done today, it'd be on the inside flap. It'd be yep. on the inside. Yeah, well, I was just going to mention that Marvel still does it, right? You they just have it yeah. Or they do it when they reboot a series. So when they, when they redid, when Mark Wade took over Daredevil, yep. when he took over Daredevil, that's like, that's what that first issue was about. was like, let me explain who Daredevil is people. <laughs> You know, here's the flashback or, and we see that happen, but 
it because of when this book comes out, it happens the first page of every issue. And it's not bad, but that's one of the things it took me out of the flow of the story. Mm-hmm. I I get why it's there. It's a historic. I mean, this is we talk about it like comic books are a historical document, man. You yeah. can look back and you can see like why is it why was Japan chosen, Travis? That sort of xenophobia about you know Japan at that time. It's it's it seems so foreign to American to American people, but they know enough about it because of Toyota and you know Honda and so like it's it seems super foreign, but it's not as foreign as a country they've never heard of before. Right. Well, those brands were scary at the time because they were making such better cars. Think about what Detroit, New York City are like in 1982 versus. Right. Toyota. My 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 dad worked for General Motors. I grew up in Michigan and Saginaw and they would slap like if a dude at the shop, if a dude at the plant came with anything but an American made car, his tires got slashed. Right. Like that was you couldn't you did not park your car at steering gear for General Motors at this plant, if you were driving a foreign car, my grandfather gave me shit when I bought a, a Scion. He goes like, you're not parking that in my driveway. Wow. <laughs> right, and that was that was 10 years ago, right? So yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about, I think, the, the scene that makes this for me and the thing that I think for me on the second read took this from being, oh, a fun comic series to more on the literary side, and that's that Zen rock uh, garden scene. Uh, it is on the digital reader. It's it's page 69. But I'll, I'm going to break it up in a couple of chunks here. At one point, so they had this great scene where uh, Yukio and him crash through the Zen rock garden, right? And right there you see, he goes, he goes the, fl- the fight took place in the private garden patterned after the classic Zen gardens of Kyoto, a place of transcendent beauty and peace and tranquility. No longer the garden has has been wrecked, its patterns broken, order turned to chaos, the story of my life. And then he goes through there and he puts his hand down and then he tries to reorder the sand. And then a couple, you know, that you turn the page and you get this great thing is he says, the key isn't winning or losing, it's making the attempt. I may never be what I ought to be or want to be, but how will I know unless I try? And that, to me, encapsulates Wolverine and encapsulates the story. I think it's well written. The imagery of that of him constantly, you know, his tranquility constantly being crashed in with this chaos, and then him having to walk this very fine line to create some kind of order out of that chaos in order to keep him from being an animal. And to me, that that it becomes literature because it's so reflective of our own personal journeys as individuals as humans and i thought that was just fantastic there's that last line on there it says an animal knows what it is and accepts it a man may know what he is but he questions he dreams he strives changes grows yeah right man it's good that's a good line i love the way he finishes that right he finishes issue three with that with i'm a man yeah i missed his hand going into the sand like that 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 does deserve a second read because that I do remember, re- I read it this morning, I read it this afternoon, and I do remember the way issue three ended. And then he takes up on a man at the beginning of issue four. Yeah. 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 You see him in the, yeah. Well, I'm going to save that for favorite panels, but. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, here's some other stuff that I think is weird in comic books that we do. 
You have to tell me that everything's it's he's actually saying it in Japanese, so I have to use the brackets every <laughs> word bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I guess like I don't pay attention enough to see when it's not in Japanese, but it, I feel like almost all of the dialogue has those little things around it. And some issues start off with they'll actually give you the Japanese and it's correct Japanese, yeah. you know. Uh, oh, I, and I love how they call him Chan instead of San. Like, no, we like just San. But Chan is usually used after names when you're referring to like a little child or a lover or a best friend. So instead of saying Dan San, I would say Dan Chan, you know? Uh, and I love how yeah, like that nuance. A child or a lover. Yeah. <laughs> a, a friend, a child, or a lover. Yeah. Like so baby? Yeah, like a baby. It's usually used for little kids because it's cuter. Chan, but it's also used for friends or lovers. Like baby for lover, yeah, right? Yeah, dear, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and so I thought that was, instead of just going with the the general, like, we're just going to make everyone San, Logan San. Like, they actually did a little language research and and uh, made it even more specific. Well, look at, thank you for, for bringing that. Uh, yeah. that yeah, I would never have known that. Yeah, 16 years in Japan finally paid off. <laughs> <laughs> You're learning so much, Travis. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed this sort of romp in finding out who Wolverine is in this sort of dive into his psyche and into his past, even though it has sort of the trappings of early 80s. And even the early 80s is still, it feels very 70s, right? That sort mm-hmm. of 70s comic book is still age. Right. We haven't we haven't moved into like modern mm-hmm. F the world comic books yet, right? Um strong I, yeah, strong female characters in here. They're not yeah. just stock characters. They each have their own motives. They each represent a different side. One of them is in love with Wolverine. The other one of them is in love with Logan. Uh, it's kind of like a uh, Clark Kent Superman thing, but with uh, a different woman representing each that. side. I hadn't noticed that. You're right. Yeah. yeah, I I think that this is a good exploration of the character. Um, there are two times, and... I there are things about it that that pulled me out a couple times. One is that beginning of every issue and the other one is the very last page. When we have to show the X-Men. And I go, "Oh, yeah. no, you just pulled me out of it." Well, this did, was a, this, did it did it pull was, you out or did it redefine how exotic the rest of the story was like like that western culture like that's his western life that's the that's the that's the that's that's what he's coming from and therefore does it make the black blacker and the white whiter uh maybe maybe i think it also ends up going like oh i had fun not seeing the x-men in this and Mm -hmm. watching him be solo but then i had to do like here's that happy ending let's check in with the x-men yeah bring the beer elf Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's where I got it. I Wolverine got married, or does that end in tragedy too? Uh, he, she gets uh, um, brainwashed to cancel the marriage. Yeah, yeah, she gets brain. Yeah, yeah. and then I, I, as the story continues, that's where we get Lady Deathstrike, I believe, and yeah. and, and things like that come out of there. You know, I, I would be remiss if I don't bring up uh, the hand. I like that the hand showed up, and I know we were talking about ninjas, but yeah, I, uh, man. Ninjas are always cool, especially always. the 80s. Especially the the 80s. Yeah, they're definitely the eighties and Frank Miller and then Frank he brings them back. And, 
Yeah. Frank Miller loves ninjas. Uh -huh. I don't know what about the dude is so ninja. In the 80s, man. I, re I remember being a kid in the 80s. There was a movie called Ninja and then like an American. Josh and I grew up in the three ninja era. <laughs> Rocky, uh, Rocky, ninja. Cole, Tum Tum. Tum Tum. I was a ninja for Halloween probably more than once. Yep. Right? Uh, That's the costume I, that kept giving all year round. Yeah. You could wear that bad boy all the time. That's no, where xenophobia becomes admiration, right? We At the same time, we're scared by it. We want to be it. Yeah, it's this weird sort of it's this weird sort of fetishization of it, right? Where you where you the foreignness of it becomes this sort of like taboo thing that you want to love so much, or that you you like right. you want to be a part of something that's so different. It is. It is very different than the '80s American action, which was like Predator, big machine guns, kick the door down. Brrr. The ninja is the soft footed, you know, espionage character i mean even there even in even in our greatest weapons like they're completely different one is stealth the other is brashness and yeah. you know wolverine can do both man he can he walks he's a man of both worlds i and and that's and that's why i think i enjoyed this um and i'm glad it was our last book for marvelous summer right because i think it really does put a cap on a trip down marvel right where we read uh, we we do a little um, and we've spent some time we've read a bunch of X-Men stuff on the show so we didn't really delve into the we did X-Men adjacent books yeah um, but you know going ahead and reading some uh, some Avengers and reading some Spider-Man and reading some Blade. you know Blade and kind of touching these different aspects of it but to me Wolverine is one of the most interesting marvel characters question in the 92 x-men series i think it's 92 so 10 years later different platform how similar is that marvel wolverine in this this is this is almost a there is a episode where he goes to japan in the in the cartoon where they do like that is a piece of it there's always like mariko right uh, mariko is always part of that that x-men and that's the that's the thing where like Wolverine is pulled to her, but he also is pulled to Jean Grey's this complicated yeah. man character. And that this is very much the Wolverine I think that you see in that '90s animated series. You know, Travis, what do you think? Do you think it's I, the same? I, yeah, I agree with you completely. There is uh, that character is constantly referencing back. That cartoon character is constantly referencing back to that. He seems to struggle with the same internal conflicts. The only thing that is different is you have that huge Jean Grey piece that's just not present in this at all. Right, right. Um, but I think, well, I think like that 90s cartoon draws from all of these 80s yeah. stories, right? Like yeah. that's what, that's yeah. what, that's how it tells that story. And then I think all of the 90s comic books, like the later 90s comic books, somehow reference the cartoon, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they exaggerate the cartoon even more. So this, it's like this, the, the, the snake eating its own tail, right? Like you feed the beast it's with its part of the lineage. Yeah. 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 So, gentlemen, let's talk. I mean, we didn't really get really into it. So let's talk art. What do you think about uh, Frank Miller in this world? You guys, what's, good, what's bad? 
I'm going to try to find a scene where you can see. I, I like they use the word style, stylized, because yeah. Frank Miller, he's got his own style. And I guess maybe I should appreciate it for what it is. Um, so Travis, what did you think of uh, Frank Miller early? I Frank love, Miller. I love it. I love, I loved him on our Daredevil run. I love him on this. I, I think there's a couple of things he does so well. One, Logan's facial expressions are so detailed and so defined that it really helps draw this being this internal conflict story. I mean, the close-ups of his face, where you can see every wrinkle, every line. There's so many shots of the eye, like it's all eye level, which again reminds me of those eighty kind of samurai. Uh, yeah. ninja this, movies. A really close-up shot. Yeah, of yeah. Like, it's, yeah. A, it's a Western, yet it's still yeah. so Kurosawa as well. And I, I, I like how he's doing his backgrounds. How he'll, I mean, this takes place in Tokyo, and you only actually get a few backgrounds of Tokyo in here. And so he'll set a scene, and then the rest will just be those colors. But for yeah. he, he set that scene so well that it, it, it really makes it claustrophobic and the... Um, with these just blank, uh, blank, bold colors in the background, uh, do so much of the work for you. There's hard. There's very few backgrounds, and the foregrounds are what's so detailed. Frank Miller is detailed in a very own his own special way. He doesn't yeah. overcrowd the image, but what he wants you to focus on is all very done very well. And the third thing I right. will say is I love how he does action in this. I love how he he'll it's put a character in a pose. Animated. He'll put the character in a pose and then he'll have like sword lines and the lines will show how that kick finishes, how that sword strike finishes. And I thought that's very fantastic. Really great job. Yeah, I agree with you. The action pieces in here, the the final fight scene between Wolverine and uh, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Shingen. Yeah, Shingen is great. Each piece of like Wolverine getting cut and you see the slash and you see the blood trail from it. And, you know, even you mentioned it earlier, and I'm probably going to steal like the 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 death mm-hmm. of of uh, uh, the, the death of Mariko's father is great. Right. Mm-hmm. Like each of those pieces is a really interesting way to do it. I think you're you're right, Travis. Like there's not a lot of background. And so you really focus on the characters in it. Uh, one of the images that I thought was really striking is when um, the lady assassin uh, takes Mariko's belt. And for a couple panels, yeah. Wolverine yeah. is wearing it. And it's such a stark contrast to his to his outfit that that's that job of the color and the art where you go like, oh, that's a really vibrant mm-hmm. focal point. And those panels... Um, and there's a scene before it where it's the the screen and you can see the the light coming through the screen and you've got all the the lines across the it back reminded of me of Dark Knight uh returns the bat scene yeah. yeah yeah it's a it's it's detailed when it needs to be detailed and otherwise it lets these sort of pop colors very much drive the mood of different like a Roy Lichtenstein painting. Yes, yes, like, very uh, well said. Yeah. And uh like I love the silhouettes in the absence empty space silhouettes that he yeah. used. So you said you were gonna find a panel that reminded you yeah, of just her lip, but if I give it if I show it, I'll give away my favorite panel. So well, let's do it. Go ahead, favorite panel, Dan. Okay, well, it's it's next to it. My favorite panel might be the one because I like it because it does have background. 
It's where they're nursing him in oh, his. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good one. And it's so macho with his shirt off, and she's dressing his wound. And you see Tokyo, the absence of walls. That's his hotel room. I just thought that that was. And I, I'm really big lately on like when you find something for the first time and then you realize it's famous. And then you're like, oh, it's famous for a reason. There's a bunch of those drawings in this novel. Like yeah. you'll see like at comic cons and comic books. And because it's going on 40 years old, I've seen these images a lot. And then you turn the page and oh, there it is. It's Frank Miller's facial expression of Wolverine. Yeah, Either it's kind of like hearing a, a song. You're like, oh, that person does that song? Oh, yeah. I should have known yeah. that was Neil Diamond. <laughs> and you're like, that's why it's everywhere. Right. So there's a few of those scenes in here. You're like, oh, I've seen, of course. Duh. Yeah. But I like that scene. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Travis, what's your favorite panel? Oh, man, it was hard choosing this one. So I went with something a little off, off the wall here on 74 of uh, the digital reader. Uh, there are three uh, long panels there where it's yeah. the silhouette. I almost took that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just love it, it. At that point in the story, it services so well where he's the animal again, right? He's the shadow. Yeah. And because uh, um, that's sometimes that's how he has to, has to be. And it also, for the first time, you know, it makes you realize how terrifying it would be to be stalked by Wolverine. <laughs> like we yeah. think of him as like this kind of like guy you want to go get a beer with. But if you're on the wrong side, I think he says at the beginning of this book, he goes or beginning of this this issue, you don't want to be my enemy. Right, and right. this is exactly why you have this shadow and this claws, and he can he gonna kill you. Wolverine gonna kill you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no one took this. Uh, I had one because I really I had one. I was like, oh, someone's gonna take that one, so I'm not gonna take it. But now I'm gonna go back to it. Uh, the death, the death blow to uh, oh, that was so great. The, yeah. the 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 death blow to Mariko's father, where you don't see it. See it. Yeah. The panel before you see him, uh, you see the hand up to the the like the um, the throat or in face, and that last panel on page uh, it's ninety of the digital reader. His eyes are red. It's the classic snicked, and you just see his like his face in the forearm. And again, it's that very Kurosawa, that very Japanese eye. It, like it's it is all over manga and anime that that sort of frame of the face because the mm. eyes tell such a good story that there's so much emotion there that you see it in that in that panel uh, where he should die. He's got the blade next to his neck and he's grabbed it and he delivers the killing blow. Uh, that's a really, that's a, a way to show that scene, not be gratuitous, but still have it have that same impact. That is, a, it's a great panel because it's, it's something you can only do in comic books, right? I guess you could do it in film, but uh, it just allows you, because you want that blood, you want that gore that they've been giving you a lot of in this book. They've been pushing it about as far as they could at this time for a mainstream right. character. And if you're a young reader reading this, like your mind just goes to some gory, dark places on what it would look like <laughs> to take some claws and put them right up through someone's chin like that. And Please. it's so cool. 
there's a few of those scenes where they they the violence is implied like with the bear and then with the man he let live there's a couple places where they uh they, they use that device yeah. and i thought it, it like understated it a little i they liked did a, it they did a good job of putting Wolverine in his costume for just the right amount of time in this. Cause I personally like a Logan in jeans and jacket more. Yeah. I think that's more badass. but I, I would have felt cheated if I didn't get some of the Wolverine and the classic like yellow Brown Wolverine is, uh, you know, it's not the X-Men cartoon, you know, yellow and blue. I like that, that Brown and, and yellow better. I also like, and this is what you see, you get, um, you get you there's a lot of him without his mask on yeah right and so you get the best of both worlds you get the i get to see his facial expression i get to see him but he has that costume on and that is where miller shines because those eyes are so important and when he has the mask on you don't get pupils you don't get any it's just that white and so you really get the acting in it um that you kind of get to see and there's only a few times when you see him in the full headgear right in this in this book most of the time he's either in you know the rad jacket yeah. or he's in uh you know so the best best wolverine is costume on cow off hanging off like a hoodie on his back you know, yeah. that's always like the like the, the relaxed chill and he's smoking a cigar or something, you know, it's got that hoodie like aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Batman has the same quality, right? Yeah. Like Alice Batman. Yeah. I, it's it's this because it, it's his hood is so iconic, right? That that cowl is so iconic. And so when you take it off, you're like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 But then with Wolverine, he, I, wouldn't it be funny if uh, Batman's hair did the same thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like two little points. Where uh, a, a bat lick? Yeah, bat lick. His bat yeah. cow lick. Yeah, I think it shows when like he's just willing to just kind of lounge around in his outfit. It shows that Wolverine does not think Wolverine is sacred. He like right. Batman. Batman thinks uh, Batman. Is, Batman thinks Batman is sacred. You know, like right. the, the the cow is sacred to him. Wolverine, it's like these are like PJs. This is just like you know what he's got it's a suit right here. The suitcase versus his own like a mausoleum. That yeah, Batman right. For the the suit, Batman keeps his in a glass case, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Wolverine Wolverine's is balled up in yeah. like the bottom <laughs> in his bottom oh. in his bottom drawer. Uh, the backpack, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Wolverine, if you stuff those in your shoes when you travel, keep it from getting wrinkled. You know, that's what I want to tell the guy. If you roll it up, it'll be fine. But no, he steams, he steams that thing every time he gets to a hotel room. <laughs> he got to Japan, he pulled it out. It's got wrinkles all over it. He's like, ah, oh, shit. And he had to, like, do the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, guys. Good. I enjoy cool. Wolverine I, talk. I enjoy Wolverine. That was yeah. our first, this is our first Wolverine conversation, like full Wolverine conversation on this podcast. We went full Wolverine. We went full Wolverine. Schnicky, schnicky, schnaw, guys. So here's, here's what I want to do to wrap us. Here's what I want to do to wrap us. Dan, who would win in a fight? Wolverine or Batman? I gotta go Batman. Yeah, you know the answer. It's Batman. Don't lie. Travis, yeah. tell me. 
I, if you asked me 10 years ago, I definitely would have said Wolverine. But after reading so much Batman... <laughs> it's Batman. I, they did that amalgam comic in like the 90s where Batman and Wolverine yeah. did face each other. Yeah. Uh, Look, Batman's a cop, but I still love Batman. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I love, <laughs> I love Batman. Uh, and it doesn't make any sense why Batman is my favorite. Like, Batman is my favorite superhero uh but wolverine's damn good yeah, guy. i don't know if batman's my favorite it's just batman has the best stories when you look at the yeah. the pantheon like he he's just been told so many times and so many great writers have worked on him I, you gotta pick I a bad wish, story i wish marvel did more of that with their characters spider-man spider-man needs that treatment Right. You think about well, you could do that. You think of like you could do you just give someone Wolverine and let them tell their miniseries. Right. Let them tell their 12 issue masterpiece like an old man Logan. Right. Why is that such an important piece of Marvel comic book is because you took an, an iconic character and you told an iconic story and they don't do that enough. Yeah. Garth Ennis did it with the Punisher and it worked out really well with that, too. Right. 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 I don't think we do that enough. I don't think that happens enough in Marvel. Um, but I, th- I think it should like, look, you pitched a hell of a Wolverine story, man. Yeah. Why well, give you the book? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd love that. Uh, I'll take it. Um, I think they can even bring in some heavy hitter, like for these big characters, there are, there are writers who aren't necessarily in the comic book industry who would love to come and do like a six issue arc on, on a Wolverine, you know, like someone like, like a Joe King, you know, or, yeah. or a Stephen, like, let's get Stephen King on Wolverine. Stephen that's King what, on that, Wolverine. King on Reen. I think that's what I mean when I say, like, Wolverine is this good character that you can plop into any <clears throat> any genre. Yeah. You could do a killer horror book with I, Wolverine. I want, like, <clears throat> I want to resurrect Burkowski, and I want a Wolverine Burkowski <laughs> six-issue miniseries. I, I really I really think that he's that character that you could jump he can you can dump him into any genre and he works because of I so many I sides to him so many sides right to him. right you, you know and and I think that's why he works so well so I'm glad we got to I'm glad we got to read this guys yeah. uh, Dan I'm gonna make you read a book last minute again so you can be with us on a show he a guy audience he did say he read this today but I want you to know that we told him about this book months ago uh, but Dan decided to go backpacking in the middle of a pandemic uh, and this didn't would take have a been fu- a good book to read in a backpacking journey it didn't take a fucking Kindle with him to read yeah. Wolverine. <laughs> no, I did. I was reading a lot of Batman. I mean, catching up on Batman the regular series. Uh, if you had read this book, you would have come back with like a like a stuffed bear head that you would wear over your. <laughs> you're like, yeah, guys, you'd have come back a changed man. You'd have come back, Shogun. You're, I'm not a. I'm not an animal. I'm not a. I'm no beast. Oh, I'm man. Yeah. I'm Dan. <laughs> I'm Dan. I'm a Dan. Uh, I'm no beast. I'm a Dan. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm no. I'm no beast or man. I am a Dan. Dan. Number uh, one Batman so, fan. <laughs> Dan, I want to thank you for being on the show. As always, you are a fantastic guest. I love, love to talk comic books with you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You can find all of our episodes on the website comicexposure.com. You can find them also on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google, whatever, uh, and uh, you can uh, crush it 
and join us uh, in reading and listening to old episodes and uh, let us know what you think about them. You can comment on the website. You can shoot us a message on uh, Twitter at Comic Exposure, uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Comic Exposure, all that good stuff. We want to thank you for tuning in and being our podcast friends. Uh, tell your grandmother about us. Buy a T-shirt. You can find it on the merch tab on the website. Uh, and uh, Travis has a new T-shirt. Can you tell us what it is, Travis? Now it's the um, end of the show. It is. Speaking of the eighties, uh, it is very nineteen eighties movie. Think like Logan's Run. Think Blade Runner. Think think uh, everything eighties uh, uh, deliciousness. I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see yeah, this, this new shirt you're coming out <laughs> with. We'll see. Who, who, did, who on Fiverr did you pay to do this? That's what don't I worry know. about who. Uh, I guess I could give them a shout out, but I don't think I've completed the transaction yet. I got to do that. Yeah, don't no, don't tell the money's paid. No free publicity on the Comic Exposure podcast. Now, if you want to give us a little something to be, uh, you know, be a sponsor of the show, we'll definitely take you up on that offer. Yeah. Uh, will, yeah. yeah, you give us a free Fiverr work, and we will we will plug you on this and all our social media. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for tuning in. We will see you next trade, Bob. Bye.